Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. I'm so excited to dive into this one because I have a friend who is a part of an elite mastermind I am in, Miss Sarah Short here with me today. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to dive in and just get to know you. You know, when we podcast, there's just a different opportunity to dive in and get to know your story and what brought you into the world of Airbnbs is really where we're going to go in a couple of minutes. So I'm so excited for this one, but as always, I like to start with a couple rapid fire questions. It gets me to know you a little bit better and anybody that's listening in to get to know you a bit better as well. Amazing. I'm ready. Okay. I love it. Where are you from? I'm from Moncton, New Brunswick. Uh, so far East coast, Canada. And where are we living today? Uh, currently in Moncton. Okay. Do we ever leave Moncton or has Moncton been kind of this through line in your life? Moncton has always been the place that I come back to. Uh, so it's definitely home. I have lived in Abaco, Bahamas. I lived in Lisbon, Portugal. Um, I've lived in all kinds of different spots. I lived in Halifax for a while, but I always just keep coming home. I love it. I love it. What is it about Moncton that always has your heart? I think it's the sense of community. Um, there's just a different vibe here than anywhere else I've ever been. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I, I think I like the, the seasonality of it, the change in seasons. Um, I love walking down the street and people smiling at you, even if you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a different vibe here. I love it. I've actually never been to Moncton, so it'll be on my list. I have to come out and visit you. Definitely done yes. a lot of the rest of the East coast, but need to need to make a stop in Moncton next time I'm that way. Absolutely. We will have a fantastic kitchen party. I, oh, a kitchen party. <laughs> 
Yes. Tell me what's a kitchen party. Now I'm, now I'm booking a flight. <laughs> it's basically in, in, in New Brunswick, um, you, you tend to find, uh, when people gather, everybody ends up in the kitchen. Um, and so we just call them kitchen parties and there's always food and drinks and lots of conversation and some music and, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how we do it over in, uh, in London. I'm a big fan of a kitchen party, so I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. I love it. Now I'm just signing myself up to come visit people who podcast with me. It's really fun. (laughs) It's the only reason I do the show is one, to get your favorite book recommendations, which which is where we're going next. And two, to like invite myself to your hometown. So it's pretty cool. It's a great way to travel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, that is the next question. I always love talking to entrepreneurs and understanding what's on their bookshelf and specifically what's a book that you recommend to everyone because it made such an impact on your life. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, obviously we met through the elite program. Um, and right now, like my go-to is buy back your time, Dan Martell. Um, I, it, for me, it was just such an easy read. I literally read it in three days. Um, and, uh, I was just able to come away with so many really clear tactical, um, things that I could implement in my business. Um, so that was, you know, that was everything. Yeah, I agree. It, I listened to it first and then I got my copies of the book and listening to it, there was definitely major takeaways, but seeing the models actually made it, I'm such a visual learner, seeing the models that he puts in the book. I have actually have a number of copies sitting beside me right now because I'm gifting them away. Um, But seeing the actual physical copies in the book itself really did help me anchor in the idea. And he does a really good job of showing a visual to go with um, to go with what he's saying, which is exactly what he does in our elite program. If he's explaining a new strategy or tactic for how we can move forward in our business, there's always a board that he's drawing on to give us a visual to kind of really anchor in the idea of what he's saying. Yeah. I just, I, I love anything that it's, it feels tangible enough that I can do it in a half hour. You know what I mean? Or I like, I can at least like get a substantial amount of that tactic in, in, a 30 minute window. Cause that's kind of my attention span. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So if I can get a, a good part of it in, then that keeps me motivated to continuing on with consistency and, um, and process and in whatever I'm doing. So. I love it. I love it. Well, I know that he's one of your mentors because we're both in a group together where he is a mentor, but I'm curious for you, who's another mentor in your life that has really helped shape the trajectory in which you're going today. So again, it can be personal, professional. We talk about all things here on the show, but who's been somebody that's been very influential in your life? Um, I mean, I've, I've definitely had at different points in my life, I've had so many different mentors for different reasons. Um, but if I really think about why I stand where I stand today in the power that I have today, it all goes back to actually my first boss, Um, her name was Janetta Carroll. Um, and, uh, she was just kind of the first powerful female entrepreneur. She owned a retail store here in Moncton. Um, and she just, she brought me under her wing and really lifted me up and, and showed me that I could be a boss and not be bossy. I could be strong, um, and also be human. Um, 
And so without her, I don't think that I would have found the the path and the trajectory that that I did find. It's incredible. That's incredible. I love hearing stories of who people look to or go back to from a mentorship standpoint. And as a female entrepreneur, just having those like staple women in your life that help you understand that it can look different and we're evolving as women in business is so profound as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's everything. I still keep in touch with her and um, yeah, she's been everything. I'm sure she's been to a kitchen party then. Oh yeah, for sure. I've had some kitchen parties with her. I love this. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that (laughs) kitchen parties are still happening. All right. So we're starting to piece a little bit of your story together. You know, we understand you're from Moncton. We like kitchen parties. You know, Dan Martell is a, is a big influence in both of our lives. And also just the fact that you are a female entrepreneur has come through, but let's pull out your story a little bit more. Take us through the journey to get to where you are today and explain to anyone who's tuning in and listening, like what it is that you're doing on a day-to-day basis today. Yeah. I mean, so today I have a seven figure, um, property management company that focuses in furnished rentals, midterm rentals. Um, and so we're doing really well there. And I also have, um, my, uh, my coaching that I I do with, um, with hosts, uh, helping them build to, to half a million and sort of escaping their, um, their regular nine to five. Um, but to get there, it's been a whole jumble of things, honestly. Um, you know, when I was young, I just loved the water. And so I became a lifeguard and was a lifeguard for, um, I think, 12 years um, into like my young adulthood. And that's kind of um, what allowed me to see different communities and different cultures. And um, it's what helped me start my traveling journey. And uh And I think it also really taught me um, about hard work and community and um, how we can kind of come together for a common goal. Um, And uh, and so at a certain point, I kind of aged out of the lifeguarding scene um, and I then I ended up in economic development and and the transitions were really just kind of interesting because actually came back in economic development, um, back to Moncton and started in in economic development um, because I had been living in the Bahamas and I had seen um, sort of their economy and and what was going on there and and actually came back to learn in Canada and and potentially go back there. Um, But that turned into a whole career, helping entrepreneurs grow and... um, and start businesses. And uh, all the while, I'm also just dabbling in real estate and design and, um, and just kind of thinking that it's a side hustle. Mm-hmm. I always have one, one property on the side. I, you know, spend birthdays at home sense looking at pretty lamps and throw pillows. And it was just always kind of like in the background of my life. Um, and so that kind of turned into um, where I am now. So I started investing um, in 2013, I think. And uh, I did my first flip. We did a few. um, And this was all around when I was like going into um, this economic economic development space. 
and um, and it was a an industry that was really interesting because I loved the real estate stuff, um, but I was always just so heart centered. Mm. And I found real estate at that time very difficult to be involved in because as much as I loved um, renovating homes and the idea of, you know, giving them to a family to love and, um, and spend time in, the industry itself was very male dominated. And um, it was very just about money. Like it was just, it felt really sleazy to me if I'm if I'm being really honest mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it just like, I just felt dirty being in it. And, and so I, I kind of, that's why it always kind of stayed as this sort of side hustle because I just never felt good. Um, and then I'm working in economic development, which is very community centered. I was working with youth. And so that kept me feeling like a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then a bunch of years passed and um, and then COVID kind of started. And uh, again, I'm still just doing real estate on the side. I had started Airbnbs somewhere in that, in that time um, because the market was, was uh, kind of low. And, um, and we, then COVID happened and all of a sudden you could connect with people online and people were more open with their hearts online. Um, and so I was able to connect with this whole new community of real estate investors that also cared about people. Um, and that's kind of been a really big part of my story and how I've um, really kind of scaled up to where where we are now. Um, yeah, I don't know if I totally answered all the questions in there, but good. Um, yeah. So how many properties do you have today? Um, so I own, um, I don't know how many buildings it is, but it's about, it's a 113 doors. Yeah. Um, and I manage 37 additional doors. Amazing. And are they, um, is it a combo of multifamily single dwellings is a combo, like you kind of a, a mixed portfolio? Yeah, totally. So I would say the, the majority of the portfolio is, um, somewhere between duplex and fourplex. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I have three multifamily buildings that are between 12 and 25 units. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. So there's so much that resonates with me and, and I, I know that there's somebody or multiple somebodies that are tuning in and listening right now that found themselves in your story. And specifically the point that really resonated with me is this you know, I'm going to keep the safe thing over here in economic development while I dabble in the space of real estate. You know, in in some ways it was because the industry didn't feel aligned for a little while for you. And I'm curious, what was it that eventually showed up for you that made you take that leap? What What did you have to become in order to say, okay, I'm now ready to fully invest and this is a business that I want to go all in on? What was that experience like? Because I know I know that there's going to be a few people specifically listening that have these side hustles, side hobbies, where they are so innately gifted at, and yet taking that step is daunting and feels heavy and big. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it was a combination of um, feeling 
like I wasn't being compensated for the value I was providing. Um, and just that really heavy weight of feeling that for a long period of time. Um, that's what kind of prepared me to even consider the transition. Um, and then actually making the transition, I think it was a, a really kind of a perfect storm of opportunity and uh, a knowingness of the value that I was providing um, and an understanding of the fact that I could actually just be me. I can be in this industry in real estate as Sarah Short. I can be kind. I can be people first um, and also make profit afterwards, right? Like that, my focus can be the humans that are at the center of housing and make it profitable and feel like I'm being compensated for the value that I'm providing. I love that. What, so there's kind of two rules of thought. I've heard both on this show in particular, where there's a rule of thought where people will say, Hey, rip the bandaid off and jump right in. Like it's, you got to go all in to make it work. And then I'm hearing in your story that you built it on the side and it was probably gaining some momentum, or at least you had the foundations in place when the opportunity hit, which was likely COVID. Um, and that just kind of escalated it or helped you then see that it was time to go all in to the person who's sitting on the other end of this and listening with us right now, who's dabbling into things, has a career, but also has a side hustle. What's your perspective? What's your philosophy? How do you look at making that transition, that leap? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely the school of thought, like just start. So if you haven't started, just start. Um, and I just, I like taking calculated risks. That's, that's how I've operated my whole life is via calculated risk. So, you know, whatever the business is that you're looking to transition to, whether it's furnished rentals or candle making, um, figure out your numbers. How many do you need to sell for it to subsidize your income? And then you, then you know what the goal is. And so get close to that, know where your safety net is, do the math. How much money do I need to survive month after month and, and hit that goal and don't compromise when you hit that goal. Don't say, oh, well, maybe I need to get to the next step too. Don't keep pushing it, but commit to that objective and, and, you know, let the math math and, and follow through. I love that. And there's such a powerful way of kind of de-risking, um, making that transition. And if you, you know, finding the time to build it and getting your numbers set so that you can understand almost like reverse engineering, how to like step into that or where, where are you going to be most comfortable to de-risk it? But at the end of the day, anytime you're starting something brand new, there's risk. Anytime you're putting your name on, you know, a new LLC or a brand new business, there's going to be an innate risk. The interesting thing for me is having lived through COVID with so many of my peers who come from corporate America, there's risk in everything. So a lot of the times we feel like there's stability in one thing or another. And I'm not saying in some cases there's not, it's just the mindset and the perception of, okay, if there's risk, everywhere. What is the place I want to, what's the lane I want to go and continue to drive forward. And so 
I know people yeah. listening. I can I can think of a few humans that will be listening that will that will really resonate with as they're building things on the side as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like in real estate, like that's how I decide what buildings I buy, right? I start from the, the end. I don't start from the beginning. Um, it's not about the purchase price. It's about the value at the end. Right. Um, and, and so I think for anything, you can reverse engineer it in that way. I love it. I love that. Let's talk more about rentals and Airbnbs. And there's a lot of individuals who are in my circle. So my husband runs a real estate investment company and primarily on the custom home side of things, but rentals and doors has always been a conversation of ours as well. And so I'm so curious for, for individuals listening that don't know anything about the concept of doors, the concept of hosting an Airbnb. Let's talk a little bit about your philosophy in this industry, what you see going on in the industry, any market trends in the industry. So can you talk a little bit more just around what it means to host an Airbnb or what it means to have multiple doors as a property management company? Yeah. I mean, so for us, we have really focused on because we're, we're scaling and because we have the the number of units that we have, we've really focused on um, brand. And, you know, if you're thinking about a consulting agency, that often just means your social media and your logo. But when you're thinking about property and hosting, that has to do with um, the standard of linen that you have in a property. It has to do with the smells when people walk in. It has to do with the way that you communicate with a guest. And so um, when you're sort of, when you have one or two doors, one or two units, um, it's really easy to be consistent because you're probably doing most things yourself. You've got your eyes on everything. But as you grow, um, things like standard operating procedures and um, really being intentional about what products you use to clean and things like that, they become increasingly important. And so um, being prepared to kind of uh, structure things in that kind of a consistent way um, has been everything for us in terms of scaling from the original, you know, one, one single family home to the 37 that we're, we're managing now. That's incredible. And so when you talk about brand in particular, what is the experience at the end of the day you want the customers to have? Like, what is it when you think about what your brand stands for? What would you say that that is? Yeah. So for, I mean, for us, we are aiming to make it a home away from home. Uh, most of our guest profile and the, the, the folks that we target are people who are in transition in their lives. So we have a high percentage, a high percentage, 73% actually of our reservations are midterm stays, which are, uh, two weeks or longer. Um, and so what they're doing is they're traveling nurses who need a, safe, comfortable place to relax after a 12 hour shift. Uh, we have um, newcomers or, or people immigrating from different countries who need a safe, comfortable home that they, they can count on that connects them to the community even before they arrive at the airport. Um, we have folks who are needing a place because uh, perhaps their insurance company has resettled them while they repair burst pipes. 
Um, so for us, the brand is safe, comfortable, and home um, from the moment that you walk in the door. I love that. So, and and I can tell just by nature of how you think about the experience when you talked about like, hey, how somebody walks in and the smells they smell and the experience they have and the cleaning products you use, like all of these things being so detail oriented around that brand and around making sure that we're, we are living the brand as well. is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really important to us. And everybody on the team is really clear on that mission that everything we do is for that guest experience. I love it. Now, if somebody is maybe they're curious, maybe in their own market, they're just starting to dabble, they're looking at real estate. What are some of the pieces of advice you have if somebody's curious about getting into this space? And for you, how do you know if a deal is a deal? <laughs> um, I mean, well, so how to get into... Um, into the Airbnb space or into the the furnished rental space, I think ultimately you need to look at the market. You need to see what is out there, what your competition is. The same as any business, right? You're looking to see uh, market saturation. You're looking to see how many, what the inventory size is. You're looking to see occupancy rates. So for me, the first step when I'm looking at any new market is just look at the data, look at the websites that you would go if you were the client or the customer um, and, uh, and start there. Um, And uh, sorry, what was the second part of your question? I just, the first one was around the market itself. And then how do you know a deal is a deal? Oh yes. How do you know a deal is a deal? Um, I would say reverse engineer the numbers, right? Because especially in today's market, the markets are ever changing. Um, and right now, sort of this post COVID world, um, the real estate market is very weird. And most people don't know how to read it. Even if they tell you they can read it, they probably don't can't actually read it. Um, and so for me, I'm always reverse engineering the numbers. It's what is the end value minus all of the things I need to get it to be that end value. Um, and with this purchase price, does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be really unemotional, uh, because when you get your emotions wrapped up in it, that's when you can kind of push something that maybe doesn't fit. Um, but it's always got to be reverse engineering the, the, the numbers. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, to your point, the market is so um, rap, it's changing every day. It feels like it's changing so rapidly right now. And with things like interest rates, there's just a lot of fear I find of people making that call right now of getting into the real estate market. What's your perspective? Are you investing right now with what's going on in the market? Um, I'm definitely still looking. I still want to be in the game. Uh, I haven't purchased anything in the last year. I haven't you know, gone through with a purchase in the last year. Um, but I've been actively evaluating deals on a regular basis. I have one now that I'm really close to. Um, and I think it's going to work out. It's 28 units. So I'm super excited. Um, yeah, but, but it's taken me a year to find this one. And, uh, that's really just, again, I'm reverse engineering the numbers and I'm not emotional about it. 
Mm. You know, you have to, you have to really read the, read the writing on the wall and kind of see what's going on. And, and I, I like to look at real estate investing. Like if you, if you think about gambling, right. Cause everything's a risk, like we said, right. But if you look at it in like the perspective of gambling, to me, um, real estate is like poker. Like, yeah, there's risk and there's unknowns and there, there's, there's some uncertainty in there, but there's an element of skill, right? And so you can sort of stack the deck in your favor if you're checking all the boxes and if you're staying unemotional and if you're really doing your homework. I love that. That's awesome. I, I appreciate your perspective there and just how you're looking at it through your lens of being in that industry in itself and making that transition for this being now your full-time gig. And so because you and I have this connection and we're in a smaller group together in the elite coaching program with Dan, I know that you have individual options and group coaching programs that you run and you actually teach people how to do this. You teach people how to create or leverage investments from a property standpoint. What does that look like? Tell me a little bit more about both of those opportunities. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so the individual coaching, we are alive and well, and we're, um, we're definitely active in there. And really what that looks like, it's, it's a total custom approach, right? Um, you come to me with your goals and we can even craft some of those goals together. And I will help you from start from wherever you're at to achieving those goals. And in most cases, um, you know, those are folks who are getting started, ready to fully turn their um, their income into furnished rentals. Um, so we're starting from square one, finding the first deal, and I'm getting them to half a million in uh, annual revenue. Um, so that's kind of what the one-on-one sort of looks like. Um, and then I'm just about to launch some group coaching. It's going to have a very similar um, kind of uh, breakdown in terms of content, but of course it's going to be um, group based, and so there's uh, going to be some collaboration in terms of uh, the members of the group and and all that. I love that. That's so helpful uh, to have both options because there's individuals who listen in and they've maybe been dabbling and they want to go all in and they need the individualized attention. They need the support. They need the accountability. That's what I go to when I'm thinking about you yeah. know my coaching programs. And then there's a space where, where we met, which is in a group program, which is, it's not just about the coach, but it's about the group and the peer connections and the peer learning that just innately happens when you put yourself in a container with other individuals who are looking to grow and scale in in a similar industry, in a similar way that you may be as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love the coaching. I've kind of always been a coach. Um, even when I was younger and lifeguarding, I was coaching the new lifeguards. And, um, when I was in economic development, I was coaching new entrepreneurs. And as I transitioned into real estate, um, I've been, you know, mentoring and working with new investors. And so, um, to have these programs, it just like felt like the best transition in the world. I feel like I'm finally where I'm supposed to be helping people you know, really hit those, those big audacious goals. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm curious, what's one of your big audacious goals? What are you working <laughs> towards right now? <laughs> well, um, on the property management side, 
uh, we're actually looking to double the business in, um, in the next six months. Um, so that's pretty big. I'll do the Dan Martell. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm giving her some praise. Like, heck yes. That's a, I love goals that we really just put it out there of what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then we're also going to be expanding to additional markets. Um, so we'll hit that first goal and then we'll, um, we'll move on to, uh, to the next market, which I'm still researching now. Um, and then with the coaching program, um, I want to help a thousand entrepreneurs in, uh, in 2024. So I am really going to be hitting that hard. I, um, I just, I love helping people hit their own goals. Uh, and so that's going to be a big, big focus for, for this year coming. I love it. And remind me with your business today, are you still running the business as a solopreneur or have you hired and brought team on? No, definitely team. Um, so I started in sort of this furnished rental space eight years ago. And within a year, I brought on um, additional teammates. And then I kind of hovered around that for a long time. And in the last three years, we've grown to a team of 10. Uh, And so we've got full-time staff, part-time staff, um, and then also subcontractors that kind of um, that support that as well. But Amazing. What have you learned? So a lot of what I do is obviously people teams, that's my jam. And so we generally talk about it. If people are growing and scaling teams, what have you learned about yourself while building a team? Oh my gosh, I've learned so much about myself. Uh, It really puts a lens on what you're good at and what you're not. Uh, (laughs) It really puts a lens on your communication skills. And um, I just feel like I've, I've, become so much more in touch with a softer side of myself since bringing on full-time employees. I I just feel like for a long time, I, I let that part of me, I let, kind of left it behind because I felt like I needed to be stronger or firmer in the things that I needed. And since bringing on full-time employees, I, I really realized how um, how soft I can be mm. and, uh, and that it, it actually feels really, really nice to, to have that. What does that mean to you? Like, what does, um, feeling soft or what does that, yeah. What does, what does that word mean to you when you think about that through the lens of leadership? Uh, for me, what that looks like is having structure and in that structure, allowing for people to be human and have feelings and be a part of the whole story instead of just the piece that they're responsible for. Um, Creating an environment where people feel safe enough to share what they're going through, um, but also feel empowered enough to not have to. Um, And just knowing that they'll be supported and lifted up through the process. I love that. It's, It's just a more of a curious question because so many of us use language and it makes so, so much sense to us. And, you know, there's, there's this, there can be this connotation around the word soft of like, Oh, yeah. you're soft. Like you're not actually holding your own boundaries or you're not actually like creating an agenda and following agenda. What's interesting is what I hear you say is it's allowed me to be more human. Like I've learned yeah. that being human and 
being vulnerable and being open and sharing collectively has actually created more, and I'm making an assumption here, but it's likely created more intricacies within the team and more trust and dependability on one another. Absolutely. And since leaning into to that, um, I have found that there is actually more structure and mm-hmm. there is far more accountability for every team member. And we perform at a much, much higher level since allowing that space, which I, I think is why I fought it for so long because I was afraid that allowing that space would make it less likely that people would respect boundaries and create their own. Uh, but that has, it, it ha- couldn't be more untrue. Mm. Uh, it's really allowed us to build structure that works really well for, for us and, and for our company. Mm-hmm. And final question as we dive, dive in here is what has investing in yourself created for your business, created for your life? Everything, everything. I don't think that I would be able to dream as big as I do without the investments I make in myself. And those investments look like a juice shot in the morning and a 45 minute walk. And sometimes it's, you know, a lot of bucks on a coach, but, uh, investing in myself has, has been everything and has built so much confidence and has created space for me to empower not only myself, but the, the people around me. And not agree more. I love that. I love that. Well, Sarah Short, it's been such a privilege to just have you on the show and hear and learn from you in a deeper way. If somebody is listening and they are curious, they want to know more about short-term rentals, furnished rentals, Airbnbs, understanding real estate in a bigger way, how can they get connected to you? Find me on Instagram, hello.sarahshort. Amazing. We will make sure we link all of your websites and ability to connect with you on Instagram on the show notes. So you don't have to look very far if you're tuning in and you want access to Sarah, check out the show notes. All of her links will be there and you can connect with her that way. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time, your energy, and just pouring into us today. So grateful for having you on the show. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Okay, guys, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.